What is up, friends? I know it's been a while, but we are back for another episode of the Raptors 2K podcast presented by our friends at Uber Eats. Episode number 20. It's been quite the journey. Shane, I know you've been on a bit of a journey yourself. We haven't we haven't talked in a while, but I know you've been up to some big things. And I'm not just talking about dodging those wildfires going on in Canada. Glad to see you're okay, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but why don't you let everybody know what you've been up to, man? I know you got some exciting news to share. Yeah, well, we couldn't record or it was my fault. Uh, we didn't record last month. Um, we got married and then actually went out your Ooh. way, Phil, for a honeymoon. Did California for honeymoon, which is not where I thought I would do my honeymoon, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, definitely like Greece and uh, in Italy were, you know, on the top of the <laughs> list. But uh, my wife, <laughs> I know, I know it's weird because I've been there so many times for work. But I will say it was amazing, and it was a totally different side of, of uh, California, you know, when you're flying in and out for work, um, you know, it's a little bit of a different experience. So I got, like, the quintessential uh, California experience. We did West Hollywood, uh, you know, went shopping on Rodeo Drive and just, like, a beautiful day and okay. uh, splurged a little bit and then ended up down in Laguna uh, at an incredible hotel. Just had, like, my, my best hotel experience of my life down there. And uh, yeah, my wife, she always wanted to do LA, our whole relationship. She's like, one day we should go to LA. And, you know, I kept thinking for sure, like you should tag along on a work trip at some point. Um, but honestly, things are really busy with AMP. Um, and it was not the right time for me to go over to the time, you know, either Greece or Italy, but just that, that time zone, generally speaking, for any yeah. extended period. So the fact that she was like, hey, why don't we just do California uh, was perfect because I was able to kind of stay connected to what was going on, uh, you know, at AMP from my phone. I got a great team in place. So they took a lot of the heavy lifting off my shoulders. Um, but it meant that we got to have a great trip and I got to stay, you know, close enough to AMP so I didn't have to fully disconnect, uh, which just, again, not, not something I can do right now because things are moving on our in our world uh, but it was an amazing experience thanks for asking and sorry that we weren't able to record a podcast because of it hey man you got nothing to apologize i'm happy for you bro like that is that is a life <clears> step <throat> in the right direction and shouts to you and the missus for doing it big you know it's all it's always good to hear uh to hear that you know nothing really crazy on my end i'll be honest with you like you're praising california i'm over here hating it because this uh <laughs> this this june gloom continues it has just been a cloudy fiesta like for the last like two weeks from best i can tell like every now and then the sun will kind of peek its head out there and try and make an impression but it's just it's been very inconsistent but well admittedly um, i didn't do my research i had no idea about uh may gray and june gloom mm -hmm. and uh everywhere we went people were telling us uh but we got really lucky like the the clouds broke and we got sun at exactly the right moments you know um we, we spent a couple days in santa monica which was basically overcast rainy the whole time but we were kind of just hopping from like extravagant restaurant to extravagant restaurant so it didn't really affect the experience that much we did a cool little e-bike ride down to venice um, but when we got to laguna Ooh, nice. sitting poolside clouds broke just pure sunshine it was it was beautiful we got went out whale watching same thing clouds broke right when we were out on the boat so uh, it worked out really well Wow. Felt I'm, like felt like that, karma was on our side. I was gonna say, man, definitely uh you definitely picked the right time and the weather cooperating, always good to hear. But super glad to have you back, man. This is gonna be uh really kind of a little bit of a send-off episode since we're gonna be uh we're gonna be leaving it at 20 episodes. Uh the last two years have been a lot of fun. I know uh the team has some other things that they've been working on and they're excited to share with the fans in regards to Uber. So I think or Uber Eats, I think it's gonna be awesome. For sure, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. We're going to go out with a bang. So we bought out uh, a guest. Pretty awesome. So you have a bit of a history with too, Shane, if I'm not mistaken. One-on-one, yeah, sure. on one, Chris. There you go. Those are always one the best on one ones. Chris so who, on wants to, who wants to pop up 
That would be awesome. Let's bring him into the show. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? What's up, everyone? I, I feel kind of like this is super special to be on the send off episode. So I, I appreciate you guys thinking of me and, and thanks to you, Shane. It's nice to get a chance to talk to you again. It's nice to meet you, Phil. So uh, thank you very much to you guys and, you know, Raptors GC and Uber Eats for having me on. Yeah, man, it's great to reconnect with you. It's been a minute. I can't wait to catch up on what you've been up to because, you know, I was uh, very much there witness to you breaking into the league. And, you know, you were one of those examples that I would, you know, tell people about you, Josiah Cohen, a couple others who just did it right, you know, spotted an opportunity. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of in the beginning of the league and, you know, when I was in my role with the Raptors, like people hit you up all the time with a DM just sort of like asking for something, you know, hey, I, I want to get into this. Can I get a job? And, you know, I told them the same thing. Like there's so much opportunity to just do stuff, just get started. You know, you don't need anything but a Twitter account to start creating content, putting opinions out there, scouting players, etc. And I'll say 90% of those people, you know, I never heard from them again, never saw anything from them on Twitter. Uh, but you're an example of someone who did it the right way, you know, just started going and creating content and putting your opinions out there and analyzing plays. And, you know, now it's led to this and we're going to tell the listeners uh, all about where that's led you to. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I think like a big part of it is just trying to overcome that fear of, putting something out and then either it not being received well or worst case scenario worst case scenario not being received or seen by anyone at all or yep. you know being told that it was wrong or <clears throat> you know just doing it solely because you want it to lead to some kind of opportunity i think that's like the worst way to go about it and so fortunately for me i just you know a i love the game of basketball you know b i just I'm so passionate about 2K. So how I approached it was, you know, I, I knew I would like to kind of end up in a spot and, and work in the 2K space and work in the esports space. But I just approached it like, hey, I'm just going to do this for fun. Um, you know, I live in Toronto. There's a Raptors uprising gaming team. I'm going to do content around them. You know, I tried to you mentioned Josiah, who who played such a such an instrumental role in me kind of entering the scene and the space and getting familiar with the ins and outs and and the people that make up the community. Uh, but just kind of doing it just for the love of it, I think, ended me like it put me on at least your radar and you know Raptors mm -hmm. GC's radar. And you know, one thing led to another. I was kind of doing my own thing with podcasts and, and content on YouTube, and then uh, of course I did stuff with with Dimer and Josiah. And then before I knew it, I was getting an email from from Kevin, from Kevin Franklin. Um, and then uh, the rest is kind of history. I ended up doing stuff with Raptors GC and, you know, fast forward today. And, you know, the 2K, 2K League is, is basically my life and it kind of takes up my, my daily routine. Yeah, and your content was always great too. And uh, you know, as everyone who just heard that can already tell, you're you know you're great on camera, you're know, a really good communicator. But um, it's true. I, I just scrambled and googled, and turns out it's an Aristotle quote. But there's a quote that I think is relevant to what you were saying, which is like, "There's only one way to avoid criticism: do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing." And that's true, man. <laughs> like I have the keys to the AMP socials, and man, do you get some criticism? It's like no matter what you do, no matter what you say, you know, everyone's got an opinion on the captions and you know, you know, I think we all suffer from a little bit of main character syndrome and you think, you know, just because someone says something, you know, now you feel like they're really targeting you. But the reality is, is these are mm -hmm. just people who like to spew, 
you know, angry tweets on the internet and they're on to the next one. You know, it's like you think that people are focused on you, but they're really just lost in their own thoughts. And they're probably, you know, people like that in particular are probably off criticizing someone else elsewhere on Twitter. So you, it really is noise that you just have to like not worry about. I pay attention to it because sometimes there's insight within it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're seeing a consistent message, it's like, okay, well maybe there's something to this and we need to review it. But generally speaking, yeah, I think you get a little numb to it once you've received enough of it. And uh, it's unfortunate because you want to have that experience of having received enough criticism to be numb to it in the beginning when it affects you the most right like that's when it's most important that you can do that and that's when it's hardest to avoid it uh, or to not let it bother you i should say um but anyway great to see that uh you know you didn't let it slow you down at all and uh you know obviously now doing great stuff so what's your what's your current role with nets gc hold on before yeah. you answer that yeah yeah go phil. Answer that, before you answer that i've i'm a victim of criticism myself for 19 episodes i've been criticized why my food never arrives before this man <laughs> i ordered before we started. So I am assuming oh, that ahead. I'm actually going to beat him. Now, what are you getting, Shane? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to catch up. But Good I need call. To and sh and shout out episode. Uber Eats for all the meals. And shout out Uber Eats for the 20 episodes of the pod here. You know, it was great getting Delicious. to know my guy Phil better. And, you know, we had some really fun interviews over the last two years. So I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, I know what I'm doing. So there is a bakery, uh, like the town over. I drive there from time to time, but you know, I just actually realized that they're also on Uber Eats, which is fantastic because it's a little bit of a drive away. So you know, one of the perks of <laughs> delivering through Uber Eats, shout out Uber Eats, and I'm gonna get a uh, mortadella and mozzarella sandwich. It's like the simplest sandwiches. It's just focaccia bread, a little oil, mortadella, and then this house-made mozzarella. It's so simple, but so perfect. It's absolutely what mm. I'm craving right now. Damn, what did you get, I Phil? Some, I just got three fish tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's off. I feel, how, how many of your meals in a week are fish, do you think? I would say at least three. At least three. <laughs> okay, four. see, yeah. I think you're batting like 90% on the podcast. So I would have guessed actually more than that, to be honest with you. But hey, it's <laughs> healthy. It's, it's smart. It is. It's not It's not too bad. It's not too bad. But my, we'll my problem is fish doesn't do it for me. I, I love tuna. Really? And I like sushi, like, but but even when I get sushi, it's usually just like different types of tuna that I get. You know, like mm. I'll get some sashimi and I'll get some spicy tuna rolls and stuff like that, and then all the fixings on the side that come with sushi. But yeah, I'm not a huge fish guy. You gotta you gotta get that yellowtail, man. You gotta get some catfish. You gotta <laughs> you gotta get some cod. You gotta expand your horizons, my my G. Trust me. It well, uh, and, and, and yellowtail, I do like any kind of whitefish. It's the salmon that I can't do. I don't like the pink. I, I used to wake up and my mom would be like cooking salmon in the morning and the house smelled so fishy that it just completely turned me off. And it's one of those things that like scarred me as a kid. And to this day, I can't eat salmon. <laughs> that, that's reasonable. What about, you? what about you, Chris? Are you a fish guy? We're asking uh, the hard-hitting questions here on the 20th episode of the Raptors 2K podcast. <laughs> At some point, we're going to start talking about 2K, folks. It's, it's, uh, it's so weird because... There and me and my girlfriend are still trying to narrow this down via trial and error, and I'm sure there's a lot of healthier ways to kind of go about this. But sometimes I get an allergic reaction to fish, mm. and then there are other times where when I don't, and it's and, you know we've through trial and error we've tried same types of fish, and sometimes I'll have that reaction, sometimes I won't. So it's it's I don't know it's it's really weird. But since moving to Toronto, um, because I used to live in Peterborough prior to this. Uh, oh, my girlfriend from Peterborough too. Yeah, out in, out in the Corthas. And then since moving to Toronto, out in Peterborough, as you know, great as it was, not really, you know, the most, a lot of good places to eat, but not as many options, not as diverse as sure. downtown Toronto. And so uh, Uber Eats definitely makes it possible for me to kind of be a bit more adventurous. So uh, this is like a, a, a half hybrid 2K show, half food show. 
that is yeah it's uh, an everything show we definitely we surprising a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, we we started the pod off giving a lot of career advice and, and honestly that's why i like talking to people like you whom i saw you know pay, pay, carve away into the 2k league and even now as i pay attention on twitter you know there's these new voices and faces and talent and you know pundits and whatever you want to call them who weren't around when i was there and others have moved mm -hmm. on you know like myself and uh i love seeing that you know people are looking at folks like you and josiah as like a prototype and following in that path and starting to carve out lanes because you know one of the best things about the 2k league is it's such a big ecosystem considering the game itself is not huge you know as an esport but with all the teams and all the franchises and all the resources pumped into it from the nba parent clubs it creates an incredible amount of opportunity. And obviously we're going through an esports winner. Phil and I have talked about that a couple times on the podcast here, yeah. but the 2K league is well-resourced and it's just like this really interesting, you know, little ecosystem uh, within the, the broader esports space that is right now, at least shielded from what feels like, again, a bit of a downturn for the industry overall. And that's why mm -hmm. I've always been long on the 2K league. You know, again, game, you know, league game didn't explode the way that some other, you know, game titles have, but I think it's going to win the long game you know it's just it's got such a runway ahead of it uh that i think that they're going to be able to you know sustain through this and you know i think i don't think anybody has any question that there's always going to be an interest in watching people play video games at the highest level um and i think it's only going to get stronger obviously i think things got a little blown out of proportion over the last few years and you know now we're kind of settling back into normal you know what they call a bubble right mm -hmm. um, but i've always believed that the 2k league has you know so much potential because of the runway ahead of it Speaking of, the league is wrapping up the tip-off tournament. So yes. as everyone knows, you know, it was five on five my whole time uh, in the league. And then last year they introduced 3v3. But last year they were going back and forth. 5v5, 3v3, 5v5, 3v3. Yep. This year they separated the two. They got all the 3v3 done. And now they're into the five on five, uh, the 5v5. So that's why we're, you know, mid-June and the tip-off tournament is happening tonight because it's technically the first tournament of 5v5 play. Chris, one question for you. This isn't from our notes here, but just off the top of my head. Did you get a sense for the fact that there was like a real push from the players and community to separate the five on five and three V three versus going back and forth? And do you think that was the right call? Um I can kind of really speak to what was happening internally with Nets GC, and I do know just based off you know, players are esports players, especially and I'm of course, athletes as well in IRL sports are very routine oriented and, and, and they have their habits. And if some players, if you throw them off their routine, it can really, you know, send them into a downward spiral. And so last year when we were alternating between 3v3 and 5v5, one of the challenges, at least for us over at NetsGC, was being able to kind of find a rhythm and, and build on momentum. And, you know, if you were to come off a buzzer beating loss, especially if you're hyper and uber competitive, all you really want to do is get back into the lab and, and try and, you know, get back to the drawing board and figure things out right away and be able to play the next day. And there were times where that was happening in 3v3, we'd get knocked out, but then we would have to just forget about everything to a degree um, and then lock in for fives. And I think that kind of, that kind of changed our routine in a way that was, you know, challenging in some ways. And so, we were very much looking forward to how this format was where everything is there's pros and cons to everything but you know we would play 3v3 out in its entirety first and then we would move on to 5v5 um and i i guess really the 
as, as great as this format is, I guess now a new challenge is that, yes, the games, they mean a lot, but it feels like the season is over in a blink of an eye. And there's not mm. really that time mm. that we had in the earlier seasons to kind of figure things out. We don't necessarily have that anymore. So, right. you know, you play six group games and then before you know it, we're pretty much halfway through our season. We've only got the turn now because after the turn, we hop into our playing tournaments, the ticket, and then it's playoffs. Um, and so there are, there are challenges that come with that. But I, I do personally, for me, I do like being able to lock in on one game mode um, at a time and then figure it out. Um, I really like the group play format. I think we could maybe in the future you know, how we distribute points uh, towards the standings in the playoff race, maybe put a little bit more of an emphasis on land play and wins on land. But I really do en enjoy the structure that the 2K League is using in the format that we're using this year. I'm a big fan of the Call of Duty League. Champs is happening this weekend, um, and it's quickly starting to mirror what their format looks like, um, you know, with remote group plays and land plays and these, you know, quote-unquote majors uh but the games feel important so that's good for from a viewer perspective uh, mm -hmm. but there are pros and cons to everything it's interesting i was just thinking while you were saying that you know is there any other esport where the pros have to play the same game but in different modes and that play so differently like phil like none of the titles i've ever been in i can think of and i don't know if this if there's if that's the case in any of the fighting games or any season no i mean everything everything pilots this yeah, everything pilots the same, you know, from online to land. I mean, the only thing you kind of have to account for is like maybe some lag at some points, depending on your connectivity issues. But mm -hmm. not like to, that's why, like my first season, uh, when I was I was talking to Dirk and he was explaining, like, yeah, you know, because we played a little bit of retail. He was like, yeah, but the uh, the league build is going to be different. I was like, what do you mean? It's the same game? No, no, it was not. <laughs> it was in fact not the same game. So it was pretty comical. Uh, to see like people have to kind of adjust to that, you know what I mean? Like to try and mirror maybe the same success that they have on retail versus, uh, you know, the league build, which I think is interesting because it really kind of it tests your ability to kind of adapt uh, to a new system on the fly. Um, but it is worth it because the prize pools are so crazy, which you can really get out of it, you know? Yeah, I, I like I just want to add, I think no matter what happens, it's safe to say that what the 2K League looks like, you know, five, six, seven, ten years from now will be entirely different than what it is now. I mean, going mm -hmm. from season one to season six, it's already so vastly different. I think the, the mm -hmm. 2K, the retail game, it's a double-edged sword because there are so many game modes that make up NBA 2K every single year. And the community is fractured into like, different mm -hmm. game modes and what they want to create content around and what they think is more entertaining or what they think is more competitive. And so the challenge that the league has and I think we'll eventually be able to kind of figure out what, you know, how to best attack this is how can we incorporate all those different distinct communities into one competitive scene? Because overall, the NBA 2K community is huge. It's just that mm -hmm. there's just these different funnels and pathways that we need to try and figure out, like, how to best, you know, leverage this. Yeah, and it's funny because so you know and and i think i was probably getting a like biased you know stream of information given what i was doing with the raptors but it seemed to me you know at least the first few seasons that you know really if we were had been able to give the retail players the 2k league build that's kind of what everyone wanted mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. everyone wanted this like really balanced you know n no exploits you know no op builds or uh 
or um, what's the term I'm looking for? Like dribble moves. What do you call it when you apply? What's the, the general term for like a, a skill move that you can add to your uh, to your build? Oh, like sigs, like the signatures, like the dribble sigs, and yeah, I, I guess so. Anyway, there, there's a term that's that's escaping me right now. But point being, that's what it felt like. And then I started learning about stage, and I was like, oh, there's this other version of the game which is actually way <laughs> more popular on Twitch, you know, and it's way more arcadey, and it's got this like. You know, it's faster mm -hmm. and it's it's crazy dribble moves and and I was like, I get it. Like maybe not everybody does want to play five on five, really balanced two K. And I think the biggest challenge that I saw with the, you know, bringing the two K retail mode was the difference in the roles, right? Like you know, you to to you have to specialize at power forward, right? And when you're you know just some kid coming home after school, it's like, do you really want to play most of the game in the corner, kind of like waiting for your moments? Like, and it's such an important <laughs> position because you need to know positionally how to move, right? How to rotate, you know, how to play defense, etc. But really, one of the skills of a power forward is just being one of those people who's ready and doesn't feel the pressure of the fact that they haven't taken a shot in a quarter. And now all of a sudden, you know, big play ball lands in their hands, and they got to pull up and hit a green, right? Like, that's always been one of the, the skills to me of, of a power forward and you know when we had jake knapp uh on the team like that's what always like impressed me or you know, this kid just had like ice in his veins for for someone you know who was a rookie and who had um you know, no experience playing in the 2K league, obviously, as a rookie, is what I was saying, but more so his age. He was so young. He had just become, you know, age eligible for the league. Uh, and he was playing that role for us. And he just always seemed to deliver, you know, when the lights were brightest, he was just ready to pull up and shoot when we hit him with it. But I can also understand the challenges that that would, fa that, that would create when trying to play a game with your friends after school, right? Like you got five buddies, you're all going to log on. Okay, who's playing power forward, right? Like who's specializing mm -hmm. in these particular roles? Everybody wants to be the point guard, you know, or center. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, so. it's the glamour position i think one thing that i'm really excited about with the league though is that it's becoming more diverse in terms of what is being asked of the positions on the floor you know we look back mm -hmm. season one and season two you know maybe the power forward is looked down upon a little bit more than it is now uh, at power forward you just have so many responsibilities you're basically like the point guard as the back end trying to guard the mm -hmm. pnr um and, and there's a little bit more variety in terms of how teams approach their offense but yeah, no, it's a it's it's a intriguing like challenge for the 2K league and and, and 2K in general. I think for just kind of bridge that connection between retail, the retail community, and the pro league. I think the 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 big thing is a lot of casual fans they watch a game of the NBA 2K league and they're like, oh no, I he missed that shot. He wasn't able to green that open. I. I can do that. Oh, like that wasn't so difficult. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. understand what the big deal is. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know this best, the, the tutorial videos and the tutorial content that Raptors GC puts out, you know, it tracks very, very well. And, you know, we're seeing similar things over on Nets GC and it's being able to kind of inform and educate people. And I think Shane, you really nailed it on the head, trying to integrate some kind of league content or ranked mode in, in NBA 2K would be mm -hmm. ideal in trying to have that like connective tissue between casual fans the casual viewer in the 2k league because when i watch the call of duty league i know oh he just turned on him with a sniper i cannot do that and so i i you know game respect game it. And yeah, I, yeah. I wanna i wanna keep watching this i wanna you know there's keep, a measuring stick uh, exactly yeah. admiring yeah. this for what it is and so i think that's the next big step I, it's definitely possible but um you know baby steps well it, w it wouldn't be a 2k 
podcast if I didn't uh, not let Phil ask any questions but or, or have any insights <laughs> after your answer. So I'm going to suck the air to the room one more time here. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that dawned on me, going back to what I had said previously, was you know if we could figure out a way to get this like archetype-driven build into retail, that would probably you know reduce some of those barriers to having a friend who specializes in power forward because you don't have to grind a my player up, you know, and build. You can just like okay, the, you know, next game I'm just going to pick the, the power forward archetype. Let's see, maybe this is you know the best formation for our group to win and so that would help obviously you got to figure out the business model behind it right because my mm -hmm. player is how they generate so much revenue for the game and so that's you know a huge challenge to navigate but to your point in like a ranked mode i always thought it would be really cool if once you got to a certain level in one of the other modes of the game you sort of unlocked this you know 2k league version where it was archetype based it was always five on five and and i even thought perhaps maybe it was only solo queue and if it was only solo queue, then it would be really balanced. It would be roll, you know, it would be roll queue, obviously, uh, kind of like Overwatch does. But, um, you know, I, and, and, you know, I think you almost might have to create like ranked game windows or something just to funnel like a smaller player base to the queue at the same time, because it would be like a, a roll queue. But what would be amazing is if that created like a draft board, you know, and your stats from ranked play were what got you into the draft pool. For instance or was one of the paths into the draft pool right because obviously uh i think the local tournament model is working well um but i would love mm -hmm. to see a path from the retail game into the draft and i think you know in season one while maybe it was a little dysfunctional you know building the plane on the way up uh the fact that it was really just a path from retail into the into the draft created an incredible amount of demand you know there was like I think the number was like 72,000 people who went through that process. And it that's, nuts, you know, yeah. And all those people become an audience, right? Like you said, if you have played in a fair balanced game and you've learned, I'm not as good as I thought I was, you know, I'm really mm -hmm. good, but the 0.01% are ranks above me in this ranked game. Now I'm going to tune in and watch because when you're watching pros play pros, and especially when it's on a slightly different version of the game than retail, it is hard to appreciate how good that they are. You know, even when I watch counter-strike, I'm like, I could hang in this <laughs> server, you know, and then you get into face it and you're playing against players who would get mopped by the guys you're watching and they're mopping you, you know, it's like, there's just not, it, it's not the case, but it, you know, I think esports even more than traditional sports is that thing where like when you're observing, you're like that armchair analyst, you feel like you're just a little away from, you know, being as good mm -hmm. as these pros are. But it's yeah, I, I'm, I'm victim to that delusion <laughs> as well. And it's, it's not even just, yeah, okay, I, these guys are better than me. I'm going to I'm gonna continue to watch or I'm going to watch more. It's also, okay, these guys are better than me. How can I get to that level? Like, like what do I need? What kind of content do I need to watch? You know, what teams do I want to follow? Who do I want to become a fan of? Whose stream am I going to watch so I can learn all the little things they're doing with their dribble dribble moves, their jump shots? Mm -hmm. um, what? How do they approach the game? How do they look and attack uh, a certain situation in, in a set those are all things that i, I kind of want to learn that way you know i may not end up being a pro but I, i'm going to be better than you know my buddies in the group chat right so um it, it's just like a, a, a trickle down effect but the the gateway will always be with retail and trying to figure that out and i, I love the you know the rank mode windows and you know unlocking it and you know even if it starts as a paid dlc and we we evolve mm -hmm, from there exactly I think that's where you know things we start really cooking with gas so that's a it's an, an exciting thought yeah i think the paid dlc model could work too i agree do you find it difficult to to kind of do like your operations job like remotely like is that like that's a, a challenge or like... that's a very good question um it's so funny when people ask because um 
I think I've mentioned this to Kev before. Uh, I definitely have, you know, talked to Kurt about this over at SGC's. The for those who aren't familiar, he's the general manager and, and head coach for uh, OG. Nets Gaming Nets Gaming sure. Crew. But Liberty Village is actually home to two two K League franchises, and that is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Raptors Raptors GC and Nets GC. Um, so there there are definitely challenges that come with it. But I've been so lucky. Um, to have earned the trust of everyone over at uh, Brooklyn Sports Entertainment, in that you know, they they've given me, you know, this role where I'm able to uh, put together concepts both on the marketing side of things, business side of things, and basketball operations side of things, all the way over here from Toronto. And of course, I've been so lucky and, and fortunate that they'll fly me out to New York, um, you know, every month and. I'll come for the playoffs last year in Indy, this year in DC. So yes, there are challenges. You know, I, I'd all I'd prefer to be in the room with the guys on the ground floor yeah. every single day. Um, sometimes the Zoom meetings, um, you know, there's a little bit of a, a that like in person presence that I lack that, that I, I I desperately want. But it mm-hmm. makes it makes you know it's all made up for for when I actually do visit everyone in New York. You know I'm able to hang out with them in person. It makes it that much more special. Um, but yeah, it, it can get tricky operating uh, or helping operate Nets GC uh, all the way over here from Toronto. Good for you though, man. That's Fair awesome. Couple questions for you. Well, I guess so. There, the tip-off uh, semis uh, tonight. What are your predictions? And this is going to come out after the fact, so the listeners will know whether you were right or wrong. That's big <laughs> hard. That's a uh, no, 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 no. I uh, it was a little bit shocking to kind of see uh, Warriors Gaming Squad uh, exit the tournament uh, last night. Um, Shout but out Kenny. I'm, uh, yeah, shout out Kenny. I've been excited. I've been excited. I haven't caught any games, but I've been seeing the stats and you know player of the week noms and stuff like that. And so happy for my guy. I love seeing him continue to show these young kids that uh, he's got it. You know. He's yeah, no, for him. sure. I wish yeah, they had a... it last night. I was rooting for him. Damn, Were you? Yeah. <laughs> he's a uh, Raptors uprising legend. And when actually when I first started doing content work for Shane and and for the Raptors. Um, you know, Kenny was going through his MVP season in season three, you know, the undefeated stretch. Um, and so uh, Kenny always has kind of a special place in the the beginning of my work in the space. So to see him flourish at this new lock position, it's really no surprise. Uh, I think you yeah. can kind of transition from guard, especially if you have all the skill and talent in the world. So it's fun. It was fun to see him kind of uh, play well early here, not just in 3v3, like not just in 5v5, but in 3v3 as well. And then you've got Nay, who's from Canada, as well as uh, uh, on the Warriors at center. So I can see why you're a big fan of them, Shane. But yeah, unfortunately, and then Josiah as well, the Josiah connection. But unfortunately, yeah. they dropped They dropped out. Um, I'm like... Kurt knows I'm so competitive. Once Nets GC is out, I hope every team loses. Like if there was a way for <laughs> you everyone don't want anyone to, to win. Lose, yeah, I I'd prefer that scenario. Um, for the Raptors, so you're not going to uh, gas anyone, is what you're saying. I I hope you guys win every game except against us. Is is has always been my belief. But what I'm most excited about though is is the distinct. This has always been prevalent in like IRL sports and and you know in in the NBA. I'd say not so much now, but before where the conferences have distinct personalities and you see so far, at least in five V five on the Western, in the Western conference, it's very high paced, um, you know, run and gun, uh, high, you know, high shot volume, lots of threes. And, and the score is, is very much inflated. 
Um, and then in the Except East, like some of Kenny's the best doing well then, because that was always his his game. You know, full court press, running gun, exactly. lots of transition points. Yeah, yeah, and then just increasing the amount of. Um, you know, increasing the amount of possessions and increasing, mm -hmm. you know, reducing variance by increasing the amount of possessions. I'm sure, you know, Josiah knows all about that. Um, but then in the East, some of the the better teams, and you're starting to see it kind of trail off. This pattern has been a little bit less prevalent now that they've gone deeper into the tournament. Things are, teams are trying to figure out their offensive identity. But, you know, take a team like NBL, for example, they're the complete opposite side of the scale where they're very yeah. slow pace. Um, they're very defensive oriented. And so I'd love to kind of see whoever it ends up being in the finals. I'd love to kind of see that clash of styles and that clash mm -hmm. of philosophies and see what ends up winning. I'm sure from a viewer perspective, you want to see more points. You want to see, you know, teams run it up. Um, but from just like a, a coaching perspective and, you know, from my perspective here at NetsGC, I'm, I'm curious to see what meta uh, ends up coming out on top because it's very much a copycat league and you want to be able to kind of see early on. If you're not going to partake in the tournament, you, you, you kind of want to extract uh, relevant and valuable data from it. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. If I had to put, if I'm... You have to. On the fence you have here, to pick yeah, a winner. I'm gonna, if I'm gonna <laughs> Someone's got to win. It, yeah, if I'm going to put a winner on it, I'm going to go with Minnesota for now. Um, oh. uh, I just... Like they they toy around with the five out, which I'm so so happy that they're doing. I don't know why there's such a resistance from at least the North American uh, 2K Pro M community towards five out. You'll see these crazy tweets where it's oh that's not real ball. You know they don't play real ball or this team plays real ball. Um, yeah. But I'm glad I'm glad the T Wolves are are toying around with it and seeing some success. I think again from a viewer perspective, the more variety the 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 more distinct offensive personalities that we have. If teams can kind of, if we can get to a point in the 2K League where teams have a distinct style of play, even if it's not permanent, um, I think that's just better for the league in general. So to see the T-Wolves do that and for them to kind of capture a banner playing five out, I think will result in more variety. So I'm, I'm rooting for them. And then that backcourt with Bear and Shifty Kai, no matter what you you want to, you want to slow them down, but they'll always kind of find a way to pop off or like 30, 40 points and, and, and run up the scoreboard. So yeah, I'm, I'm, my heart says, okay, I'd like the T-Wolves to win just for what the end result may be, you know, big picture wise. Right. It was mm. always good when, when those guys won too because they're such personalities. You know, you want to see oh, Bear yeah. talking crazy. his shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, after a win, it just creates great content. Yeah. You know what? Finally, though, my roommate, Slyly, just dropped this off. I have won! My Uber Eats <laughs> has arrived first. It only took 20 episodes. It only took 20, guys. but Phil finally got the priority start, delivery. Bro. See, what I didn't tell Phil is I've been paying, and I advise you all to pay, the priority delivery every time. So I was guaranteed to get my meal first every so episode. I never leading had a chance. You never had a chance. But this time, Phil was sneaky, and he ordered it ahead of time. Um, and Phil, congratulations. It's been wow. an honor doing this with you for the last two years. It's an <laughs> honor having Chris on our last episode here. Chris, we Absolutely. don't have to wrap just yet. You know, just because his food's arrived, we can we can kind of round out. Um, I wanted to ask you how the Nets season's gone so far, you know, um, and, and what you think about the team and, you know, where you guys are at and what you need to do going forward as just kind of like a closing question yeah, since you're sure. here representing the Nets. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like the – 
from the operation side of things, I started kind of like, as you know, Shane, I joined as a team writer. And then in my second season with the team entering season five, you know, I was lucky enough to have Kurt, you know, give me responsibilities um, from the operation side. And so the last two years, the, the entire window has been so interesting because our the way we've constructed our roster, we've had to overcome some challenges that, you know, have been self-inflicted uh, by, you know, by our our team our organization and our players but we wanted to kind of establish a new identity moving forward that just hasn't started with this year and so that's why i backtracked to season five but we wanted to build a team that um was on the same page collectively you know enjoyed doing content were good people on and off the sticks um you know shared some of the values that bs yeah shared some of the values that bse had and also wanted you know to win at all costs and so we started that last season bringing on streets and steez and, and trying to develop some sort of defensive identity and then of course the second part of that was trying to figure out our backcourt uh identity and our personality and fortunate enough we were able to kind of luck out in the lottery we didn't get the number one pick but we ended up with the second and we were able to bring home greens or keep greens home uh is a better <laughs> way to put it um and have a brooklyn oh, kid from represent. Brooklyn? Yeah, have nice. yeah, exactly. Um, have a Brooklyn kid represent, you know, Nets GC, and he has all the talent in the world. And we were like, I'm not afraid to admit, we were very, and our players have been very public about this. We were so excited for the five v five season. We were not nearly as excited for the three v three season. But the nature of the game is, you you know, the expect the unexpected. And what ended up happening was we found out somewhere along the way we were actually good at threes. And so the amount of we were balancing threes and five scrimmages earlier in the year. And suddenly once it dawned on us that we had a chance to win a three v three championship, that five scrimmages, the the volume just you know, quickly uh, decreased and we were just locked in on threes. And before we knew it, we were playing on championship Saturday, we, you know, finished third. Um, and, and the guys were able to take home some money for their family. You know, we were able to win the organization some money as well. But here we are in fives now, the mode that we were so excited to play. We were chomping at yep. the bit. And it ended up being, you know, the 5v5 tournament, the tip-off, ended up being the first time we missed out on stage play in D.C. So it's weird. You know, the 2K League will throw you in for a loop. Um, but where we are right now is, is, is just trying to kind of reset um, we have been keeping a close eye on figuring out all the things that kind of work, um, what the top teams are doing, you know, what we feel like we could improve on in terms of what the top teams are doing, and then also trying to stabilize the identity that we've created so far in terms of like being a really good de uh, defensive team, um, you know, getting out on the break a little bit better. But um, no, we're we're we want this tip-off tournament to end. We honestly don't care who wins. Uh, we're excited. <laughs> yeah, we're excited for the turn. It's the beauty about this league. I talked, you know, down on it in terms of like earlier in this podcast where I said that um, in the blink of an eye, it seems like the season is over. But the on the flip side, the good side of that is that we're able to kind of bounce back a little bit quicker because we don't really get a break in between the tip off and, and the turn. So we'll have a chance to redeem ourselves. It starts next week um, with with our new group. Toronto and Brooklyn will once again avoid each other in group play uh, okay. this year. So if, so if any matchup ends up happening, you'll have to wait for at least the bracket round of the turn. Well, um, I hope you so win every game until we play you. Likewise, Shane. Likewise, yeah. of course. I wish you well, guys all the success. I love that strategy to team building. <laughs> 
I, I love that strategy to team building. I've always said it, you know, I think in this league, like, I, I, you know, you over index on skill sometimes, but at the end of the day, if you don't have five guys who are getting along, whose heads are in the right place, who can deal with the adversity, um, you know, you're, you're cooked. I don't think anybody when the lights are bright plays as good as they do in practice. And so you're looking for those level-headed guys who have good chemistry, who can deal with, you know, it, whoever plays closest to their practice potential on game day, I think is, you know, can win, you know, and, and on any given day, a team can win in the 2k league based on that. And I think the best teams gel and peak at the end of the season. And we've seen that from time and time again, where teams come in relatively low seeds in the playoffs and then go in on runs, you know, toward championships because they, they click yeah, at the right time because they were able to work through it. And where, teams that weren't built that way start to implode because of the baggage of living together and practicing together and playing 2k every day and the teams that are on the same page only get better as the season goes on glad to hear that that's what you guys are are building your team around because i think that that's the right way to do it yeah no, chris man sure. it's <clears throat> such a pleasure congrats on everything you know love seeing good people you know get get to uh, accomplish their objectives and their dreams and it seems like you're well mm -hmm. on your way so it's a pleasure chatting with you again man wish you all the best yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was a it was a blast. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't think we could have had a better guest uh, for the closeout episode of the podcast, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. The last two years have been amazing. Got to give a big shout out to to Shane for obviously, you know, what I'm saying, let me be his co pilot here. All the amazing guests we've had, Uber Eats, of course, for allowing this to even be a possibility, and the awesome yep. behind the scenes staff at the Raptors 2K uh, studio. Yeah, and anyone who tuned in, man, however you handle. Any everyone who tuned in, you know, I know most of this is consumed through the clips that we put out on social, uh, but appreciate all you people who uh, listen to the full episodes. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully uh, we'll see you back someday in some new revised form of content. Phil. Oh, for sure. Pleasure, and, buddy. Um, it's been a pleasure. And stay tuned because they're cooking something else up. All right. You want to make sure you're a part of it. Appreciate everybody <laughs> yeah. who watched, showed love, and we'll see you, I'm sure, inevitably on the next one. Take care, everybody. Take care, guys.